Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Friday, November 9. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Jafet de Oliveira. Uh, let's pray. It's the end of the week, and uh, let's pray for a blessing Ooh, on that. Yes. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, just want to thank you, Lord, for uh, today. I want to thank you for the end of this week that's coming to this end, for Sabbath that's coming in tonight and tomorrow, for the blessing of it. Uh, bless us on this passage as well as we read it one more time. Um, give us good insight, fresh insight and application. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, I know it seems ages ago, but we read this translation, the English Standard Version, way back on Sunday, an eon ago. Or maybe your week's gone by really quickly. Yeah, I know. But yes, if you... If you remember, this is how it went. First subtitle is The Example of Christ. Oh, and this is Romans 15, by the way. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Subtitle, Christ the Hope of Jews and Gentiles. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, and him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Subtitle, Paul the Minister to the Gentiles. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience, by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to Illyricum I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Paul's plan to visit Rome. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you 
once I've enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. For they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessings, they ought also to be of service to them in material blessings. When, therefore, I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Amen. Okay, so our final question for this week that we're looking at is uh, is here for today, and this is what it is. How do we shift the culture of the church to, to rejoice in more diversity? How do we shift Wait, the culture? you don't think the church rejoices in diversity? I think the church could rejoice more in diversity than it is right now. <laughs> and I think, I mean, I mean any even particular Paul, aspect of the church or any churches well, I mean, that I think don't that like Paul's diversity? Actually, I think Paul's actually even saying it back then. Um, which is actually fantastic back then. And he's saying that this is something that they need to do. The strong needs to actually embrace the weak. And, uh, and oh, by so the we weak, mean he's diversity not talking in terms of a more um, faith and practice than you're talking diversity in terms of, say, culture, well, he doesn't, gender, he doesn't think, things like that. Yeah, he doesn't think of uh, weak as in weak faith. Mm. Uh, he, see, he sees weak as in different cultures. And so, so he, he does, sees some cultures as being weak. No, it's that uh, they. The, what happened was in the previous chapters that he talked about. Um, he he described those who were strong were established, mm. uh, and those who were weak were the new ones returning, the Jews who were returning. And so he called himself the Jews who were returning. They are the weak Christians. Okay, and so, so in says, our terminology, yeah. we might not want to put it that way because it sounds kind of insulting. Like we wouldn't want to label people weak or strong. Yeah, especially. he was just saying you're established and you're not established. But what you're talking about in terms of diversity so, is. Diversity we, of belief and practice, right? I think that just in diversity of thinking uh, is really important. And, and diversity of thinking means that we actually practice differently. So, for instance, right now there are some people who believe that you should only worship in one particular way. You should only dress one particular way. Only... Here's the thing. I keep being told this. Like, um, I mean, I've laughed with you for years about yeah. how at Stambra, where we were for years and yeah. years and years, um, and it was a long time ago, there was always this thing yeah. where we'd go in and get drinks afterward. You know, you could get coffee, tea, whatever. And I'm glad you clarified that You'd drinks. go through and um, beverages, <laughs> meaning, yeah, not alcoholic yeah, yeah. beverages. But you'd um, clarify, like you say, you want a coffee, and they'd say, decaf. And you say, no, I want the caffeinated kind. And then the person inevitably goes, ooh. And what we all realized is that nobody actually cares. It's a conditioned response that you're being naughty and you, somebody has to acknowledge that uh-huh. in a kind of humorous way. And I think I'm always hearing in church about how there are all these people that don't like diversity of thought and that everybody has to be the same and everybody... But I don't know any of these people, really. I don't actually... Yeah. I haven't had somebody say, you have to read the Bible this way. I haven't had that a lot. I guess I have, um, you know, we've talked about the... We met a person who insisted you had to read only the King James. And I recognize that there are people out there, but they seem very fringe to me. And it's not like the normal mm. thing that you deal with, at least not where we go to church. I don't know. I just, is it just kind of one of these fake things that doesn't even really exist? 
I would like Because nobody to. wants to be, nobody's going to say, yes, I'm the person that thinks everything has to be my way. Nobody's going to say that. Yes, I would like to believe that it actually is only... I can think of one person who would one, say that. I would like to believe that there's <laughs> only one example of it. But unfortunately, I have seen it all too often, all over the place, on a regular basis, all the time. And I meet people all the time who... But I mean, how do they enforce this? Like, okay, suppose I had some goofy idea about something that I think the Bible says. Well, whoopee for me. How would I go about enforcing that? Other than going around and telling people that they had to believe that and they could just rightly ignore me. And so I don't even see how that's a problem. There are entire policies set up in place where there are entire congregations that actually enforce it. And they live by that code. I've actually sat down in churches where um, where the, the meeting, literally as I arrived at, uh, at an entire conference, 3,000, 4,000 people at this conference, myself and another pastor, and we arrived there and we're sitting down at this lunch and uh, literally within minutes, they, they, the first question that they, they actually asked us, do you guys eat meat? And I was like, well, we're not eating meat right now. We're all eating vegan food with you right now. And, and they looked well, at us. Well, how do you and, know that they were trying to judge you? Maybe they just wanted to well, know. Well, let me tell you the story. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, I, thought so, that, I thought that was the story. No, no, no. I, they okay. asked me the question straight up and I said, actually, I do eat meat. And they said, Pastor, you know that you're going to, you know, that this is actually a major sin. And, and they began this long speech about how mm-hmm. this was like the end of the world for them. And, uh, and so, and they said, you know, in our church, we actually, I mean, we don't even baptize people if they're eating meat. Um, and uh, we, and so they they live in a community that actually upholds this. So, what I'm what I'm saying is that there are people outside in other places in other churches that actually are practicing different ways. And oh, I, all I, I, I want is to do, and I, I don't just... mind it. You know, I think that if they believe this, this is great, and I'm happy for them to to do this. I think what we need to do is be able to have everybody at the kingdom of God. And what I what I'm asking is, do we have the space? to be able to shift culture so we can actually rejoice in somebody saying, actually, I really do enjoy that, and I do enjoy this. And well, and I'm just we pushing back a little bit at the constant accusation that Christians are really close-minded and that they don't oh, appreciate I don't think diversity it's of thought. I don't think it's I don't close-minded. think that's necessarily true. I think, you know, you gave some good examples yeah. of where it is. But I don't know. I think a lot of times people either just have blind spots about certain things we've talked about in this podcast before and they don't even think about what they're doing. But some people, you know, if you point it out that they're being silly about something, they might actually recognize Do you think think that women's ordination is uh, the church is open-minded about that? Well, it depends on which church you're talking about. Our our tribe. I mean, which individual church, which people. Some of the Adventist churches I know, and I'm not talking about it as a whole. Well, that's what I'm talking about. So it would... well. I'm not so, talking about it as a whole. I, I just, so you and I, I aren't think, talking about the same thing, and I'm not going to talk about it. I don't know what it is as a well, whole because I, mean, I haven't gone and asked people all over the world what the vote suggests is that, no, they're not. Well, but then if I why. think about people that I know personally, if I think about North America or even people yeah. in this area, yeah, they are pretty open-minded so, about it. So it depends. That's why I think that, actually, I think that it's not a matter of that people are closed-minded or open-minded. I think that... that uh, that there is a, a tension of diversity that's missing. Well, here comes the problem, too. Suppose you yeah. have this diversity in a single congregation where yeah. some people feel very strongly about something and other people feel the opposite, like take women's ordination, 
And you really can't coexist with that kind of diversity Actually, you because can. you can't have it both ways. You can. Well, how? You, you can't can. have it both ways. Either you have women ordained no, or you don't. You and can. somebody's going to be angry. No, and this is exactly the point of the whole text of chapters 12 through to 16. But you who can. gets their way? No, it's not the question. about their way. It's actually about God's way. Well, and I know, this but is... nobody can agree on what God's way is. You well, agree with that, well, don't you? No, That's I why actually... people are fighting over this because no. they both think they know. Well, this is, this is actually the point of what Paul's trying to say. Is that there actually is a way for us to actually accept each other and to not say that the line has to be drawn in the sand in this way, to to be able to think about the stronger and the weaker brother, to be able to think about the the cultural differences that exist, and and this this why this passage, and I'm going to preach about this tomorrow. I'm really kind of excited about this passage tomorrow, but because it actually talks about to be a follower of Jesus in the mission, so much of what we we spend time battling about detracts us from even being able to live a mission. So it actually does give us a negative image in, in, in the world. Mm, it does. True. And that's why people think we are closed-minded or we are not open to this kind of stuff. But, oh, my goodness, we're well, well past time. Um, so unfortunately, we'll have to stop right now. So, yes, uh, I want to just encourage you to be able to uh, read, this, uh, read this thought again. Think about this. How do we shift the culture of the church to rejoice in more diversity uh, and explore that with your friends and, uh, and join us tomorrow as well. Uh, look after each other and live love and we'll connect tomorrow. Until next time, look after each other and live love.